Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue-green orb that we call planet Earth. Mm. Even North Korean iTunes? Even North Korean iTunes. Wow. Especially North Korean iTunes. Oh, okay. That's where we first got our, our first big push. Oh, and that's right. You had that internship. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And praise be the oon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is May 6th. Yeah. Uh, and... Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. Uh oh. Um, oh God. Lot oh of my God. Well, we are off the rails already. We had a lot of white power discussions before this. That did not and, come off. Holy cow. No. That did not come off. Are you gonna leave this in? Uh yeah. All right. Uh, we're in. Yeah. Are you in it or what? Bro? In it or what? Uh, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this co- this podcast has changed." <laughs> let's I love not, it. Let's not start off with any risky behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make this very clear. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, and why would you want to put Cinco de Mayo on a Sunday? Because you hate the Chinese? <laughs> no? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, that'll get them. Uh, that'll, that'll get them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, that is a bad day for a good Friday. Yeah. Am I allowed to talk? You can talk. Okay. If you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm like, I, sh- I didn't ask how I should be. Am I, am I here? Technically, bro, you don't exist until you are introduced. Yeah, that's very <laughs> it's like, true. Who, it's like, who's talking? You're allowed to talk, you just don't exist. <laughs> yep, we're like all Southern debutantes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, did you guys have a great Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't eat any meat, and yeah. I went to church, as wow. I do every Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. And then got wasted with tequila, bro. Yeah. Are you getting Cinco de Mayo mixed up with Easter? Uh, oh, you know what? I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Easter brought to you by Corona. Yeah. <laughs> and by Zine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, hmm. it's, we are, this is episode 129, we are one Whoa. away from the big 130. 29, you know what I'm talking about, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I think, I, I'm a couple numbers off. That's the I'm oldest, bad at math. like, a person, the age for a person that you'd be willing to date? Uh, oh, no, way lower, Michael, oh. way lower. I do dating limbo. <laughs> dating limbo. How low can you go without getting caught? Am I right? Mm, Seventeen in some states. Am I right? <laughs> Which states? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my TikTok followers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test. Yes. Uh, and you passed. And I, oh, okay. Well, in Thailand, I passed. In America, I failed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just America dream, bro. <laughs> Uh, so I'm talking like this to let you know I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy. Don't, yep, don't arrest me, FBI. Yes, uh, we are. If you've never listened to the Mike Three Friday hour before, <laughs> we are the world's only mandatory podcast, and Ooh. we are an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, directors, writers, improvisers, uh, and. A bunch of other things, mm-hmm. and today is no different. Uh, but before we introduce um, our guest, mm-hmm. uh, let's introduce my co-host for today. Uh, if you have listened to the Mike at the Pre Variety Hour before, 
you're probably familiar with this boy, and it is a mandatory <laughs> podcast, so you definitely have listened before, or else you're in prison. Mm-hmm. He's Blake the Intern. Welcome back. What's up, Blake? Hello. I didn't realize you were an intern. You carry yourself like like an unpaid full-time member of the podcast. Um, yes. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, bro, it's just uh, things change, you know. I started just, you know, holding the mic to people's faces, and things have evolved. Yeah, Blake, if you could not top tap that pen during the podcast. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. Makes a lot of noise. See, now well, now I realize you so are an intern. You have a lot to learn. I have, like, you know, intern manner- mannerisms. Mm. Well, here's the thing. The last time I had Blake on, uh, when was that, Blake? When was the last time you were here? <laughs> it was raining. <laughs> it was raining, and it is raining today as well. Mm. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I had you on. It, it must have been, like, I think it was the end of last year. Like, maybe the, the, the Christmas episode. Hmm. But yeah, after that, I actually offered Blake a full time position. Oh wow! Uh, Forty hours a week oh. working on the podcast, unpaid, I assume. No, pay totally paid. What? One hundred thousand oh. a year. Oh my god! Uh, full benefits, one hundred thousand a year, four hundred one k matching, unlimited PTO. Wow! And then he fully took advantage of that unlimited PTO mm-hmm. and has been <laughs> never gone since. Did. Uh, well, also, I, also I was in Bermuda, your... bro. Uh, yeah, I know you were in oh, Bermuda. Wow. You kept sending me Snapchat, <laughs> and I don't have Snapchat, so every time I got one, I had to reinstall the app. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the neighbor next door that will come over when you get it, when there's a Snapchat for you, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the boy from Bruce Marin who sent another Snapchat, uh, I guess I'll show it to you here. Yeah, I was like, thank you. Yeah, you should have that guy on the show sometime. I know. Your social media neighbor? No. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, he. Uh, he just be trolling you. He be he be trolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time he was like, "Oh, yeah, that buddy of yours sent another Snapchat," and I said, "He's not my buddy. Mm-hmm. He's my employee." <laughs> and uh, he said, and he tried to show me the picture, and it was just a picture of his his, his penis. Mm. Uh, so how I, many likes did it get? Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, this gets a like from he my sent mouth. it on my Snapchat, so mm. everyone thought that I was sending out my ding dong, and it's such and, you know my ding dong is such a highly sought after mm. image. Yeah, I mean um, you're you're in the, you're a mover and shaker. Yes, and that's just your penis. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you, <laughs> so you took a limited PTO. Uh, you didn't get it uh, approved, uh, which is how the process mm. goes. You, you don't get unlimited PTO in case you weren't aware of this. You get unlimited PTO, but you don't just get to take it whenever you want. You still got to get it approved. Uh, so I did have to end up firing him. Oh, um, that's too bad. Uh, a couple months into it, but. He's back. He's my intern again, unpaid. Yeah. Uh, so you don't start the process all over. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, you, you have, seem more excited yeah. about it than I would expect. No, I mean, I had island fever, man. I was out in Bermuda. Um, I was working at a hotel. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it was getting kind of weird because, like, people were, like, after a couple months being there, uh, people were... Send me like notes like help me and stuff like that. Like what? Like mm. like help me get out and stuff. Like it was uh, Let me to... ask you, uh, did this resort have like bars on all the windows? No, I was just living in like the actual island, like outside the resort. Oh, yeah. I see. Oh. Yeah. But okay, so why were people sending you help help notes? Because uh, apparently like once it's like a it's like the Bermuda Triangle, like yeah. you get stuck and it's a constant loop, I guess, and I need to get <laughs> it out of there. So mm. So like you go visit, you don't realize they're you're in the same like people are just they look the same from like the eighties like stuck in the same loop. There. <laughs> they got like the the shoulder pad like. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this is cool. There's a little behind, you know. But then I start realizing that they knew what was going on, so they kept on saying, "Help me!" But I'm like. I, I thought it was just a bad case of island fever, but yeah. now I'm just happy to be back. And uh, did you help? You didn't help. No, me. I didn't mm. because like I don't know how to talk to someone from the eighties. You know. <laughs> yeah. 
that's our dialogue. Our dialect was so disconnected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, your dialect is disconnected from everybody. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> it moves sort of moves all over the place, like in and out, like the Bermuda Triangle itself. I've I'm always been called the wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what have you been doing lately uh, outside of your uh, 40-hour uh, unpaid internship commitment to the Michael Degree Variety Hour? Uh, well, besides uh, my um, my little uh, journey out in Bermuda, I, yeah. um, you know, I just, uh, that was pretty much it. Other than, like, you know, I think about um, going back to, uh, I, I keep on telling you this, but I think yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go back to the roller coasters. Oh yeah, yeah. You go, you're gonna, you're, you're, you've been putting together material for for those uh, the uninitiated. Uh, Blake, Blake, the intern, uh, got his start uh, doing stand up comedy on roller coasters. Oh, um, yep. and it's never been successful. Uh, mm-hmm. You've tried several times. I put too much thought into it. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> that's what, what you think the problem is. <laughs> so, do you only perform on stand up roller coasters? Oh, that's Ooh, a good, no, that I never. No, I do. I never say I do stand up. Mm. Oh uh, yeah, I say I just do comedy on oh. roller coasters. Oh, yeah. I see. But you do like it's the stand up comedy like like format. Yes. Um, you like one liners. You're like the Mitch Hedberg of of stand up of roller coasters <laughs> of roller yeah. coasters. Mm. Yeah, but you know, I I think what I'm trying to say is like just kind of like just ride this ride it out. You know, like oh gosh, there it is. No, like. <laughs> Just, just that was a clever play on words. Did uh, you guys catch that? Write it out. I don't think he meant it. Uh, but no, I was just uh, like, no, I mean, just actually, just go to zero point and just uh, fight off the uh, fears of me like failing, but not actually do comedy like that, but actually go to a place and do comedy. Yeah. Like an actual legit, you know, like why like oh. try to add like over the top stuff, you know? Mm. Like I don't want to be like the carrot tops, you know, like. <laughs> Of comedy, I just wanted to be myself. Wait, you so know? you're saying you're talking about doing roller coaster comedy, but not on roller coasters? Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so you're like an alt comic, you know? Yeah, like you're not playing the traditional coasters, you know? <laughs> exactly. Mm. Wait, so so what kind of would you just be playing like at a at a stand up comedy venue? Yeah, uh, oh. yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm actually just gonna actually do stand up. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually just gonna actually stand oh. up. Oh, so you're yeah. Not, but will the but material... have the same like you know theory behind of like you you know okay. Comedy's gonna be a ride up and down. You know, oh, like, mm, not mm. like you're literally telling jokes just about being on a roller coaster or like buckling. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you're gonna be making jokes like that, you're gonna have to provide the context. Before oh you yeah, said. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, right. so I'm pretty much in it. You know. In it. I don't know what, you know, yeah. that's what I always say. There's yeah. that pen again, Blake. Oh, yeah, no. you keep yeah. having that pen. Yeah. Also, please don't bring pen, penis-shaped pens into, into the, the workplace. Yeah. Congratulations on your bachelorette party. Well, I <laughs> thought, no, actually, I, well, you know, I I didn't know what it was. I thought it was, uh, like, you know, a squash mm-hmm. pen. A squash. Squash pen? I guess it does kind of look like a squash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like they hand out during the harvest. I mean, yeah. you're the one that said penis, bro. I, I mean, it also says penis written on the side of the pen. Yeah, and it says actually bro on the other side, which I don't understand. Oh, it's not a bick, it's a dick. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Save that for the stage. Save that, yeah. for, the stage. Save that yeah. for the non-coaster humor. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck Good luck to you, Blake. I hope. I hope, wish you the best. Well, I mean, honestly, Mike, you know... You know, you, you you know, I learn a lot from you and like wow. other people. So mm. I'm just gonna channel that. You're kind of like a mentor. Yeah. You know, I can mm. agree. With That's that. why I'm starting all over. Yeah, you know? I, I think it's time for you to 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 take your take your career to the next step and start at the beginning. <laughs> so, I mean, every day is a new day. Yeah. I saw this meme, but I think it's BS. Where 
It says every day you're reborn, but that's not true. No. Not at all. How do you know? I mean, that is kind of that is true. Mm-hmm. But I have memories. I'm just in the reading past, the poster yeah. next to the other poster. <laughs> it's up here on the studio wall. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. It says every day you're reborn, and then it just gives there's me another ex- poster next to it that says, "How do you know?" <laughs> <laughs> this is a very deep podcast. It's a whole the whole wall is just one like poster, and then yeah. the very last poster says, "Read." <laughs> you remember the? You remember the? Blake, can I ask you a question? Like uh, when you perform uh, stand up. Uh, in clubs, will you stop keeping your arms in the air the whole time? Because the whole time we've been here, you've had your hands in the air. Yeah, like you're on roller coaster. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I just I just want people to you know see the full me, you know. So, mm-hmm. mm. but yeah, you're right. Maybe I should kind of keep it together. You no, know, I'm not. Either. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know comedy. Well, you know, I'm trying not to touch. I'm to trying not to touch the 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 pen. So I'm keeping my hands up. Okay. And then, you know, then when I put them back to, you know, normal length to my body, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I, you know, I'm a hands-on person. So yeah. I'm always just squirrely and whatnot. But, yeah, um, I have to think about that, too, you know, like. If I'm like gonna treat it like be on a roller coaster, and I'm gonna, I might give away the joke, bad timing, like, you know. That's true. We're like here comes a one liner. Yeah, so that's a good signal, though. Also, uh, I I feel like I've talked to you about this a lot before. Uh, pretty much every time you come in, uh, but you don't have to wear a tuxedo every time. You're still wearing the tuxedo. I was wondering about that. <laughs> like, I, it's I just that's actually to be honest with you, this is probably one of the few clothings I have. Yeah. Mm. But it's I'm going to be dressed nice, you know. It, you. It's it's interesting that the that when you come into the studio and it's just a couple people, you you decide to dress up very formally in a tuxedo. You, sometimes in the summertime you sweat profusely, uh, but when we did a live show and you were there, you just wore regular clothes mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were in front of people. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what the what your thought thought process is. Well, you know, I think I got to keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> well, great answer. Uh, so, before, like, why don't we introduce our our our, our guest now? Uh, he's been talking this whole time, and uh, we haven't even said his name. And yet. For the longest time, people probably thought it was their conscience. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, wow, I'm really part of this episode. Yeah. Actually, it'd be really funny just to do a podcast, like have someone in there, don't introduce them at all, and just have like <laughs> talk. Yeah. Mm. Just, yeah. Like, that's a great idea. Like, like, just like voices like that, like, yeah. Mm. Uh, are you hung? Yeah. They're like, what's going on with this recording? <laughs> well, <laughs> they leave a mic on someone who's not supposed to be. I know. Uh, but no, we are supposed to have a mic on this person. Uh, he deserves it. He's earned it. Uh, he is a Detroit improviser and the newest addition to the Planet Ant home team. Hooray. Everyone, welcome Tony Augusti. Yeah. What's up, guys? I've been welcome. here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> now I exist. Uh. Now his voice matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the picture in my head, and now I see him. Welcome, What's Tony. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, so let's get started. Where, where, where? Wait, we haven't been recording until right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and god. Three and two and yeah. one. Welcome. Uh, welcome, everybody. Happy Chico de Mayo, everybody. I love Asian people. <laughs> Oh boy, yee yee, no respect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Uh, so That's my style. That's what got me on the home team. Respect nobody. Love yourself above all others. Let's yes and yeah. <laughs> me and me and me and meow. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's take it back to the beginning, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 was your childhood like? Oh what was your God. most traumatizing moment in your childhood? Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people get hit by cars when I was younger. I would say those are the. <laughs> Did you live on a highway or something? Uh, no, I lived in Dearborn Heights, and uh, I remember one of my earliest memories is uh, watching someone. Uh, they're on like a motorcycle—not a motorcycle, but not a Vespa. It's like the the in between bike, moped. You know? Kind of a moped, but it looked almost like a dirt bike you race in. Okay. It was like the eighties. I'm old, and uh, they were driving, and another car ran a stop sign and hit them. You know, oh uh, it was a it was a woman, and uh, I just heard add color. I'm not a sexist, you know. Yeah, uh, but I am a racist. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just want to like you know establish the boundaries. And then this is what the like times are different. As I say, that's I'm the person that says that now. So I rode home on my big wheel and I told my mom. I said, "Hey, I just saw somebody get hit by a car." You know, it was really weird. You know, because she started screaming immediately. And a- most parents, you? Are, yeah, like, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, why are you looking at did you do, Did you distract her? You know, <laughs> did you use her powers? Oh wait, cut that part out. Anyway, uh, so I got home and then you know, a normal parent would be like, "Oh, you know what? I'm sure that was traumatic." Uh, you know, are you okay? My mom's like, she got my sister's like, let me get your sister. We're gonna go see what happened. <laughs> so they took me back. You know, <laughs> grab your Polaroids. Yeah, <laughs> and I hold the whole neighborhood had gathered, and uh, you know the the woman was she, her legs were all bloody. I remember. Oh, you know, she was like probably a teenager or in her twenties. And she was screaming, you know, and the paramedics were there putting her in. And she's like, oh, I don't want to lose my legs. Don't oh my don't amputate my legs, you know. Jesus. And and then one of the paramedics lost his temper. And that was his reaction. Instead of being care, he's like, they're not going to amputate your legs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, oh. It was the 80s. Yeah, yeah. it was the 80s. He was it was like, yeah. Cocaine. Yeah, they had not developed a bedside manner yet or whatever. So yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. And then, but yeah, I saw that and I remembered very vividly. Even as a kid, like, I had a lot of moments where, like, I should be seeing this, you know? <laughs> and then a couple of years later. Uh, You're like, I'm going to excuse myself from this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple years later, we're doing another very 80s thing in Dearborn Heights, which is let's play hide and seek in the street. And uh, <laughs> uh, so many options yeah, to hide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know what? I think I'm going to hide behind a car, you know? And a then moving my, vehicle. Yeah, well, a parked one. And then. It's like jogging by. Then, then my friend Nikki uh, ran out into the street as he was trying to evade. You know, he did not want to be it, which is the worst thing, you know, yes. in life uh, for a young child. And then he was hit by a car. Uh, and it like it basically ran over his leg, you know, <laughs> and then like the car, you learn the power of a car, like it ran over his leg so hard that his shoe came off and like flew, like you know, like twenty feet, <laughs> it, like and popped it off like a t- toothpaste can. Yeah, yeah. And me, you know, like he had a brother, uh, Artie, uh, and then Artie was just standing there, like, uh, like shocked. And even then, I was only like, you know, like probably like nine or ten years old. <laughs> and then I was like, but I was like, he was just like staring there frozen and I got mad at him. I'm like, go get your parents. They're you not going to amputate his yeah, leg. Yeah, because I was already a battle-hardened veteran, you know. Of, Grab uh, the Polaroid. Yeah. And, yeah. And then it turns out that the, and it wasn't really the girl's fault because what could she do? He just ran out and he, you know, in all these parked cars, you know, Dearborn yeah. Heights has narrow streets. And, so the girl that hit him had just gotten her license that day. She was oh. like, back in these days, kids, you could get your license when you're 16 and drive by yourself. She had just got back from the Secretary of State to get her license. What? Yeah, yeah I'm I th- sure you can still do that. Oh, I thought you have like a vertical license and you can't drive by yourself until you're 18. Is that not true? Or mm, No, you can drive by yourself. Oh, okay. I'm, see, that's how old I am. I'm so out of touch, yeah. guys. Uh, you should know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you should know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have, I have three fully grown children, you know? Yeah. 
Um, but then, uh, yeah, it was, she had just gotten back from the Secretary of State to get her license, and she the first thing she did was hit a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, get it out of the get it out yeah. of the way. That's the insurance policy. Yeah, through but the he li- he lived, but he had to wear like a like a lower body cast for like a couple months. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. He's and fine then, now. Then up track runner, up like like, yeah, he's like. <laughs> He's like, they're gonna amputate your legs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Whoa. Oh man. Yeah. You go, oh shucks, you know how they say in the eighties. Yeah. Well then I'll add another uh, traumatic incident. Oh god. Uh, another like, traumatic Like so this incident. was not involving a car, but a bike. I was putting my bike in the garage Ooh. and our side door had like a glass pane on it. Yeah. And I was pushing the door and it jammed, my hand went through, you know? And so I started and I saw like the white meat in my arm, you know what Ooh, I mean? It was yum, the first yum. yeah, first time. And I was older this time. I was probably like 11 or 12. <laughs> you know, One year later. Yeah. And then my mom is a nurse, I should say that, which I mentioned apparently every episode of my own former podcast, the After Pro podcast. Uh, Rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, so... I was in the you know in the kitchen over the sink and my mom and dad were like washing my arm you know and they're like you know uh, you're gonna be okay and I'm like I don't want to die I don't want to die you know because there's a lot of blood and white meat and then my parents you know as parents at that time lost their temper and they're and they're like they're like you're not gonna die you know <laughs> what is wrong with you you know and like it's like and my, the da- yeah, and my dad's like yeah, this is all in uh, like uh, they're from this place called Kerala in India they're speaking this dialect called Malayalam so they're speaking in Malayalam they're like. They're like, this kid, I mean, what is wrong with him? You know what I mean? He thinks he's going to die over a cut, you know? And and then I, w- I had to get a tetanus shot at the hospital, and I farted in the nurse's face. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. So, was your dad of, the paramedic? Uh, no, no. He That's was how your like, mom and dad My dad was like, can you amputate his arm, please? You know, <laughs> yeah. just to show him a lesson. <laughs> can you amputate his mouth? <laughs> Chop it off from the, from the nose down. Yeah. And then later in my 20s, I saw an adult film like that. So Wow. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, That's not true. That would Yet. be cool, though. Yeah. So that was basically my childhood. That sums up my wow. entire childhood. Those right are your there. three memories. Yep. A lot of uh, traumatic events. Yeah. So and love. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So, but that... we could do things like I never wore a helmet when I rode my bike. Yeah. I stayed out till the streetlights went on. You know. Uh-huh. Got abducted by aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's safer now that everyone plays video games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay inside. Yeah. I never uh, saw any aliens, but I ate a shitload of Reese's pieces. So. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. chubby, chubby kid, chubby kid, chubby bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, uh, you grew up to uh, do sports journalism. That's right. I worked in sports journalism for fourteen years at yeah. the Seattle Times and Detroit News. Who recently lost their uh, publisher, John Woolman. He just died this week of uh, pancreatic cancer. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said Seattle Times and Detroit News. Yeah, seven. So two thousand, two thousand seven, Seattle Times, and I moved back to Detroit. Uh, interesting note, on my job interview here, everybody asked me why I was moving back to Detroit from mm-hmm. Seattle. They're like, why? why are, you, you know? are you okay? Yeah, I'm like, my family's here. Someone They're chasing like, okay, you? Yeah, but uh, literally every single person, because you have to talk to like a bunch of people at the paper, uh-huh. and like the interview takes like all day, like seven, eight hours, which is overkill, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, they all asked me, why are you moving back to Detroit? I'm like, well, you know, but Detroit, you know, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan is underrated by the people that live in Michigan. Yeah. Like, everybody I talk to that like, has lived in Michigan and or lived away from Michigan and come back. They're all like, "Yeah, you make it makes you appreciate Michigan more." Uh, I think the people are a little nicer, believe it or not, uh, a little more helpful. Like if your car breaks down or something, or mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then, uh, but people that live here are like, "Ugh, Michigan. Well, I would. I gotta get out of here." I just feel like Michigan is constantly forgotten about. Like anytime I'm like watching a show and they're like, "Oh, I'm from Michigan," and I, I'm like, "Oh." 
The, uh, yeah. I almost forget that Michigan but, exists and I live here. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I feel it pops up in, like, there's a lot of weird references. So, like, SNL always, like, throws in, like, Michigan references. Like, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, they had something about Kalamazoo, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. And then, like, the, I don't know if you guys watch Netflix, but there's a show I've been kind of uh, binging on called The OA, uh, which is really good. But it's, like, the first season is, like, set in Michigan. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Michigan yep. getting represented. Mm-hmm. Pure uh, Michigan. So, what what made you leave the world of sports journalism? Uh, just the business, the way it changed. You know, they were like yeah. laying off a lot of people, and uh, you know, you're just doing more work. I got into management, which I found out I didn't really like as much as just editing and writing, yeah. and um, and then also improv. Believe it or not, yeah, really, yeah. Well, because I was I started doing improv like I've been doing it like four and a half years now, so. I started it uh, right toward my last year at the Detroit News, and you know, a sports journalism, especially sports journalism, especially, is a night job because most of the events happen at night. And so, especially being in management, you're expected to work, you know, like later more than eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my classes were all like, you know, at like seven o'clock. So I was constantly like telling them, "Hey, can I leave not early?" But just on time, so I can go to my to do improv, and they're like, "Well, all right, you know what I mean." Like, not that they gave me shit about it, but it was just like, if and I realized I really liked improv. You know, like I've always been involved in humor in my professional life. Like whether you know, like you know, the a sports newsroom is just a bunch of guys like busting mm-hmm. balls and cracking jokes. You know, yeah. and women. And you used know. to have a and, uh, uh, website. Or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Oh, good research, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, uh yeah that w- that was actually a column that I had in the Detroit News uh oh. briefly like it was a kind of test pilot run but they didn't everybody said they liked it but it was just like uh they didn't want to pay me just to do that yeah you know and that was sort of the problem with newspapers is that I felt I was a good really good editor and stuff but I really loved humor and the things that I valued about myself weren't the things that my employers valued about me that which is fair you know what I mean like. Nobody hires like a full time comedy guy like a like a daily local paper, you know. So I would yeah. get you know like I had a, a very like variations of like humor columns that either ran it like I did a football humor column at first, and then just a general humor column that ran in sports. So they gave me great opportunities, but they're like, "Well, we hired you because we like you as an editor and a writer, you know, like not as to make you know jokes about people getting injured." So yeah. uh, <laughs> that's yeah. my childhood. Though. Yeah, I know. Come on, it's my wheelhouse. You know, <laughs> let me tell you about this kid getting hit by a car. It's hilarious. You know. Uh, and the Little League World Series is coming up. It's a great tie-in. And uh, so in improv, <laughs> I finally uh, found a place where I was valued for what I valued about myself, mm-hmm. which is just doing humor and being funny. You know what yeah. I mean? Or trying to be funny. So I was like, oh, this is like, it wasn't like I want to move to L.A. or whatever. Because I do, I should stress that I really loved uh, for most of the time I did my job, I really loved my job, mm-hmm. like 13 out of the 14 years. And I didn't even really hate it the last year. It was just like management isn't what I really wanted to be in. And then I went on, you know, and I, and I got this ch- chance to work from home, you know, as a, I'm basically being a, what they call a media consultant, which is kind of doing the same thing but for different companies that mostly want to remain anonymous, so I won't mention them here. But uh, doing that and Come it on, gave, let's yeah, dish. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't get me started on general electric. <laughs> no. Um, that's not true. That is a joke. Uh, yeah, that is a joke. And I am still fired. No. But uh, but yeah, it's like you it's a really flexible schedule and uh, I got a chance to do improv. So I can assure you I would not be on the home team if I had stayed in journalism just because I wouldn't have the time to 
dedicate, and yeah. which isn't even like a ton of time. It's just like just working at you know do all improv happens at night for yeah. the most part. You just have some time for yourself. You know, yeah, like exactly. So I would say now like I have much more of a life, you know, working mm-hmm. as a consultant. But I, I think when you really love what you do, it doesn't matter so much. Like I didn't have most of the people I socialized with. Uh, were journalists, you know, like during that time. But I really lo- lo- love the job and the people. So, and that's the part I I miss that part of the job, but not anything else. Yeah, and it's only gotten worse since I left. Yeah, thanks thanks to you. Yeah, we don't got <laughs> we don't got old Tony Augusta yep. around. Yeah, I, uh, I peed in the ink before I left. So <laughs> nice. I'm like, guys, don't read anything for a couple of weeks. Okay, I peed in the ink. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so you uh, you started improv, doing improv, and you found that you loved it, mm-hmm. uh, and that led to you starting a an improv podcast. Yeah, uh, that's right. After called, improv, yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace to a true podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this the the inception of that podcast mm-hmm. and, and the story of it. Yeah, which um, you cited as an influence, I believe, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, as an influence of. Uh, because I, I of what not to do. That's yeah, fine. you can say. It. <laughs> well, can say the, it. well, I ha- the Michael the Pre Friday Hour has been around for f- five years now. Wow! Uh, but it was totally a different show when I first started, mm-hmm. and it was like all sketch comedy, mm-hmm. uh, audio sketches and stuff. And oh, I didn't know that. I did have some characters like my brother. It was mostly like my brother and sister would oh, come okay. on and we would play. Shout characters out to your brother and sister. Shout out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, listening more to, and I would occasionally have artists on to mm-hmm. for discussions and stuff, but. Uh, listening to After Improv, I started to kind of really enjoy interview formats mm. for podcasts more. Yeah. Uh, so I started, so I kind of mixed the two of mm-hmm, having, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, peop- like, you know, typical people, uh, like, characters on. Yeah, real people. <laughs> yeah. And then characters. Yeah, like, yeah, we never yeah. had really characters on, we just had people. Right, but yeah, so like having That more, were characters, yeah. if you know what I'm yeah. saying, huh? Well, yeah. like, I like, I just like the concept of showcasing people. Yeah, And, and no. interviewing them and. Uh, you know, I, I I have improvisers and actors on, but you know, specifically yeah. in the music world. Yeah. Kind of applying that format to that. Yeah. Like not this episode. Though. Blake is actually a real person. Yes. Yeah. And as well as Toledo, Carmela Toledo, who's yeah, joining be, us. Later. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know where she is right now. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Teaser. She, she will. She yeah. hasn't been spoken of yet. No, well, okay. She yeah. has, but yeah. hasn't been introduced yet. Okay. So she doesn't exist. She doesn't yeah. exist. Yet. <laughs> Those are the Blake rules. Yeah. Blake's rules. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you uh have the after improv had the. After improv, yeah, we had ninety some episodes. We never yeah. made it to hundred, which will always disappoint me. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, all the people that were in it was me, John Yard, Jim Harper, and Heather Anonymous. Uh, I'm the only one left in improv. Yeah. I mean, like I'll see them, you know, here and there, like at events, but I'm the only one actively doing improv anymore. Yeah, and which is the way of things. You're the, you're the man. You're on the home team now. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was man. very. It was a big surprise. You um, know? But like everybody's asking me, like, how did you get on the home team? I'm like, I don't know. I don't you know. know. It just happened. When they add the next member, then I'll get a look into like what actually happens. It's like this very mysterious process. I always assumed it was just like Margaret, like that's why I want on the home team now. And I mean, I, I that's what I thought too. But apparently, it was discussed for weeks before I got on. Yeah, which well, I I'm didn't sure know she that. she discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, un- ultimately, Margaret Evertowski, who's like the the head of the home team and the as I call her, the doyen of uh, Detroit Improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, you know, I, I did have a class with her, a master class, and she got to see what I did. And But I had known her before. She had been on my podcast. Yeah. But, I mean, that was, like, years before, so it's not like that led to me. Like, yeah. you know, Tony, you're a good interviewer. Let me put you on the <laughs> Two weeks later. So, yeah, yeah my, my three-year plan really worked out well. You know, it's like, yeah, played the long game. That's how you do it. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I've just been on the home team for, they just added me. 
God, I should even write, I should write down on my calendar, but uh, sometime in March, uh, March, yeah, March or April, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's been exciting. Yeah, and really the outpouring of uh, congratulations from the community was surprising. Like yeah. uh, I don't know, I'm just like I don't. It's like I'm praise is probably the one thing that makes me uncomfortable, you mm-hmm. know. As I, you know, I mentioned my parents. You're handsome. You're, you're handsome. Yeah. Oh God, you're no, handsome. no, no, no. Like, Mom, Dad, I won. Yeah, I'm on the home team. Well, Appetite is yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. My parents, uh, you know, they they're immigrants, and you know, humor doesn't really necessarily translate, you know, for them. Uh, they like you know broader humor, like they love Jay Leno, for example. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, so I. Uh, uh, you got to start any joke you make to them with. Did you guys? Yeah, have, have you, you seen uh, this? Have you heard about yeah, this? Yeah, Kevin, have you heard this? Like, uh, <laughs> who's Kevin? Like, what's uh, I told my mom, like, oh, I made the home team, you know. And she's like, oh, are you getting paid now? And I'm like, no, no. Yep. So there it goes, <laughs> right in place, you know. <laughs> Keeps me humble. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's uh, yeah, it was a very pleasant surprise, and uh, I hope I make you all proud. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, you have been so far. All right, uh, but uh, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Let's yeah. talk more about that improv podcast. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we 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 jumped ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the uh. So you it's, the con- what was the concept yeah. for it be- getting? It well, started? it was uh, I started out taking improv classes at Go Comedy, uh, mm-hmm. and later jumped over and did uh, after I went through that program. Well, it was weird. I started at Go Comedy, left to do uh, sketch writing. At Planet Ant, then came and then at the same time went through all the improv classes at the Ant, then went back to go comedy to finish out. But in that whole thing, uh, the four of us, we would go out to the bar and just like, you know, bullshit for like hours after, you know, classes. And then Jim Harper was like, we should make this a podcast. And John's like, that's a great idea. He's like, you know, and I didn't know anything about recording a podcast, you know, and then. They uh, said, well, you know, we have audio experience, like Jim and John. And then we decided to do it, and they're like, we don't we don't know what we're doing, you know? And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, fuck, you know? So are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. And I was we like, already have several Oh, podcasts. okay, yeah. <laughs> See, that's how unconscious it is. Uh, and then so the first episode was recorded on my phone with, the like, the four of us sitting around it. And probably, like, our first... Uh, I don't know, like 20, 30 episodes, we didn't even have a guest because we were all too shy to ask anybody to be on the podcast. And uh, But we just talk about improv and, uh, you know, our lives and, uh, you know, just weird, just random things. Just kind of, it was just a podcast where you just bullshit. And then we started having guests on. And that's when we started becoming more known in the community. Like, people were like, because none of us, like, you know, we were not, you know, whatever you want to call it, the cool kids of improv. Like, nobody knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all shy, so it's not like we, you know, like, I'm like, hey, let's get involved, you know? We just go to shows and stuff. And then people would be like, oh, you guys have the podcast, right? And then other people in the community, like, helped us. Like, uh, Quentin Hicks was one of the first ones. Like, one of our first guests was Jamie Moyer, who was like, oh, kinda, God. yeah, like, at Div. He's <laughs> like, yeah, and, get, and Nancy Hayden, who's a writer for Detroiters and other shows. And Jamie Moyer, who's now on uh, AP Bio on uh, NBC. She has a, record, a recurring role. And uh, she's been on a bunch of other TV shows, and you know, I predicted on that podcast she was going to break out, and I still think she is. She's very talented, yeah, but yeah, but it also gave like the idea that so our podcast also changed too. Is about people that just bu- would bullshit, you know, and then it became more of an interview thing of like, um, let me ask you about your experiences and uh, people that we like respected, you know, and like to hear them talk about how they struggled. I thought was very useful like Garrett Fuller who's probably like one of my favorite improvisers would talk about you know in the 2000s when he was in class like at Second City and when he was in uh, Novi uh, shout out to Novi I always like to mention you know because I grew up in Novi and different Heights anyway but I would always make everybody like uh, 
angry because I mentioned Novi. The group hated it. I'm like, oh, Novi. What do you think about Novi? Because everybody went to Second City there and they'd hate it. So, uh, but he would talk about, like, he would be driving home and in tears because he was so bad, you know? Oh. And it didn't work. And I'm like, really? Like, you're so good. He's like, yeah, but it's like, there were times when I was just like, oh, I'm so ho- This is horrible. It's not working how I want. So, and then people would start to come up to us and say like, oh, you know, like that we, that was the weirdest part where people I didn't know started coming up to me like, and I said improv events and saying, hey, yeah, I really like your podcast. And um, for example, he said, well, you know, I was going to have like Chris Peterson as a teacher this semester. So I listened to his episode of your podcast to get like an idea of him and stuff. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it was just, it was very labor intensive. Like, I'm big on editing, and I would spend basically two to three hours for every hour of the podcast. And sometimes we had like three hour episodes, you know? Uh, yeah, it was an insane amount of work, but, you know, like that's, but I think that's why it like, and people still have like mentioned it to me or they're asking, hey, what's up with the podcast? But really, kind of the point of the podcast, like, I really, wanted to do it with those particular three other people mm-hmm. and now that they're not in it i'm like i don't want to i mean maybe i will one day you know and i've done some interviews here and there um but you know it, it, it had a good run and that's good I, not to rule out doing it again but it would be a different thing if i did it again yeah. but yeah it was really uh it was funny too because all my journalism skills kind of really helped in that like i learned like oh yeah i'm used to talking i mostly a lot of times when you're talking not so much in sports but in news you're talking a lot to people that don't want to be interviewed, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, you might be interviewing somebody about, like, oh, you... you lost. Yeah, you lost, or <laughs> even when I was interning, like, Especially at Bloomberg News. Yeah, like, or, like, oh, Ford's having this a bunch of layoffs. Let me go to, uh, like, this uh, Ford dealership and talk to somebody there. What do you think about it? And like, mm-hmm. Or you're at, you know, the auto show, and you're asking, you know, the CEO of Ford, like, well, what do you think about these l- declining sales? They don't want to talk to you. You know yeah. what I mean? But they have to, but it's like... So so this was always much easier because people wanted to talk. It was yeah. just a matter of asking the right questions. Like my interview philosophy is, because people talk about people being great interviews, really as an interviewer, the only thing, you can't force something out of somebody that doesn't want to say it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. Like you talk about, you know, being influenced by listening to our podcast. Like he is, I think, just such a master interviewer. Uh, interviewer. And what's funny is a lot of his technique is informed by uh like freudian analysis you know like which is different than like in traditional talk therapy um you know you like talk it's like a conversation with your therapist mm-hmm. and analysis which i didn't know until like my neighbor who's uh shout out to shelly who's a, a psychologist but she does freudian analysis it's like it's more like guiding basically you're talking like it's the whole session is like up to you like you talk and then the therapist will be like well they might add a little thing here and there and just guide you. So the really the best thing they can do is create a comfortable environment. So and that's what Howard does. Like you'll always hear people talk about, oh, I feel so comfortable talking. That's what gets the the good interviews out of you. And also keep putting yourself on the same level as the person you're interviewing. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not better than you. And also I think the hardest adjustment for me was interviewing for the podcast, which is more it's not journalism, it's an entertainment form, is putting yourself on the same level. So you might like, like here, for example, like if I was talking about like a traumatic ex- episode from your childhood, I would start out by saying, if you're reluctant, I'll be like, well, here's, I saw a bunch of people get hit by cars. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like communicable. You know, it's like, but if there's a lot of psychology uh, in that too. Like, yeah. uh, uh, I think a good book for people that want to interview is, uh, it's called Influence. Uh, the uh, It's about like basically, a lot about advertising, but it's like about why you get like a lot of, uh, how you 
how people get obligated to respond, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and there's techniques you, you learn in journalism school by, like, if you, like, silence makes people uncomfortable naturally, most people. Yeah. And that's American culture. That's not the true, that's not true in Asia. But if you ask a person a question and they don't give an answer you want, like, let's say they just say, like, you know, like, uh, you know, are you sad about, you know, uh, losing your job? And they'll say, yeah, I am. <laughs> see how everybody I mean starts laughing it's almost it's this weird even though I'm using an example it creates this weird tension you know yeah. so it's like well yeah you know and I'm sad about this and they'll just keep talking you know but that's that's all psychological technique and that's what Howard does and that's what I would try to do too it's it sounds evil and mastermindy but that's true that's how I am a little bit so oh, yeah but it's also about getting the story I mean the story put the put the story and the person you're interviewing above yourself, you know, yeah. even though you, uh, but a lot of interviewers don't do that. Like if you look at uh, like late night TV, there's a st- subtle thing where the desk, the the person hosting the show is always a little bit uh, slightly higher than the rest of the guests. If you look at Jimmy Kimmel's desk, uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon's, Stephen Colbert, there's a slight height uh, difference. Like there's, it's on like a little pedestal and that's to create a thing of like the host is in charge, you know, yeah. but it also leads to poor interviews, you know, because it's like, you're the, you're autom- automatically putting someone on the defensive. You know, also the host is uh, in case. You know what I mean? He's got this like fortification in front of him. Yeah. The guest is like out there exposed. Yeah. You know, uh, if you look at Howard Stern's studio, it's very cozy. You know what I mean? He's behind a desk, but the person's almost like in case. So they're like in the, like a little cocoon. Like here, like this podcast studio. This is a pretty good environment for a podcast. Everyone's on the same level. There's a little barrier here, a baffling thing, but you know it doesn't uh, to cut down the sound. You could argue that you know that cuts down on it, but whatever. But it's, it's really all these little things. It's all about the environment and knowledge. Like, if you also show you've done research into somebody, that opens them up. Like, you said, like, uh, what did you say? You're, you're talking about sideline satire, like a site probably nobody would know about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, right now it's the host site for the archives of the, you know. But just you knowing that, it's like, okay, this guy uh, takes, uh, you know, like, the, the worst thing, especially if you're doing a difficult interview, which I have done, uh, not for the podcast, but just at work, is like the more you research your subject to show like, hey, because they're so used to like, especially people that are interviewed a lot, they're, uh, they hate having to explain themselves over and over, yeah. you know? And if you show that you uh, have done research into stuff, uh, they'll appreciate that. And also what I always think is funny is like, uh, interviewers don't do enough of it's just asking the questions nobody else nobody else asks you nobody know? else yeah 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 <laughs> especially the Christmas interviews yeah. you know what I mean uh, and but so you know if you're doing an interview if other information is out there you know like let's say someone's promoting a movie mm-hmm. you know like okay I, I, if a hundred people are going to ask you what was it like working with like Russell Crowe I just throw that out there because apparently he's in Detroit right now and just tweeting from random places. Yeah, uh, he's here today actually. Oh, he's your he's next in the guest. Bathroom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, that's why I heard that phone being thrown around. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know that bathroom had a phone. That's a way. That's a deep cut with Russell yeah. Crowe. Looking oh yeah. Up. <laughs> Google Russell Crowe hotel phone. Uh, and, uh, and sorry, Russell. Well, well, I shouldn't say that so loud. He's in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, but uh, what was I saying? So yeah, when you if you ask, you know, like. Russell Crowe, something about like, oh, you know, I heard you grew up on, you know, like uh, a farmer, like you played, you know, didgeridoo, you know, like in the school band, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, and that might not be what you think is the interview, uh, but that's the more interesting thing that nobody else has. And that's a reason for people to listen to you. Like, um, I was just trying to say, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, it's basically create a comfortable environment, but don't, 
that's the other thing is don't decide what the interview is, you yeah. know. And this have this is a big thing in journalism too. Like people will go out to write a story saying this is what the story about. This is what the story is about. But the question should be what is you know like the story could be anything. Like you have to be you have to do all this preparation and research, and just like an improv scene, you might have all this like you know. Um, decisions about okay this is where it's going to go but at the when you find that you know that feeling that gut thing of like this is the interesting thing you have to be prepared to drop everything you worked on yeah so if you like do like a, tons of research into a subject and you don't even end up talking about that in a way that's a success you know because you've gotten you've created that comfort to go into revealing a part of themselves or just sharing a part of themselves that uh you know connects to like you know like a universal theme or, or whatever that's like oh i didn't know that about you know and that's what always people said about howard and that was the biggest compliment i would get from the after improv podcast where it's like i'd interview somebody and then somebody would talk to me like yeah i've been friends with that person uh for like you know 10 15 years and i never knew all the stuff that you talked about but it was like it wasn't me it was them all i did was create the comfortable environment yeah, boy. Yeah. Like, so that's my little uh, master class, you know, yeah. on uh, interviewing. <laughs> yeah, but again, no. it's, I, I clip I, that part yeah. of the episode out and just, and just yeah. play it on a mantra. But uh, yeah, I, I, I yammer on about Howard Stern a lot, but it's true. It's like I've listened to him for many years, and yeah. uh, he's shifted too into satellite, having the time to do it. That's the advantage of podcasts, you know. Mm -hmm. And satellite is like you don't have to worry about it. But it's like, yeah, just he never even like back in the day when he was interviewing like strippers and stuff, he never acted like he was better than them. Mm -hmm. Like he'd ask them outrageous questions, but if you notice. He never, he's not doing it for a laugh. He's like, you know, uh, and that goes back to like Dale Carnegie. That's another book to read that it's like a, you know, cheesy book about how to win and, friends and influence people. I'm actually very introverted by nature. So I read that when I was younger because it's like I have trouble making friends and I'm very shy. And they say, just take a genuine interest in people, you know, and that's really, that's the truest thing. Like, like people always kind of make fun of me because like I'll ask people just that I know like a lot of questions and find out things about them. But it's like, it's not like I'm trying to accumulate information. It's just like, I'm really interested. I want to know what's going on, you know, like I was asking about you before the, the podcast started, like what's going on with you. It's like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to use this one day. It's just like, hey, Hey, what's or like going killing on? time. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like get to if you and it makes your life more interesting. You know what I mean? It's like you you learn things about people. Like oh, I had no idea that was going yeah. on. You know, you have a potential identity, Cecile. Yeah. If you ever are on the on the lamb, exactly. You have mm -hmm. more information about that person. You mm -hmm. can kill them and steal their identity. Yeah, or there's that. You know, yeah. so if the people, the masterminds listening to this, uh, clip that just that part we just finished. You yes, know, <laughs> and use that to steal people's identity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, I, I see her. She's starting to form into the universe. Oh wow. Uh, she's starting to to shape shift, and I don't want to. I don't want to uh, make her existence uh, pass. Uh, so I think it's time to introduce our next guest. Uh, she is. Uh, th thank you, Tony, for for your masterclass. I know. I thanks. Wanna, yeah. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Watch oh. me do Im improvised scenes about interviews uh, with the Planet and Home Team on Mondays. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good idea. That's a good idea, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she is a traveling dishwasher and food critic. Mm. Uh, her name is Carmela Toledo. Welcome, Carmela. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You you seem nervous. Um um yeah because it's it's a podcast. Oh. Uh, crap, how do I make her feel comfortable, Tony? Oh, I don't know. Uh, does, do you have like a theme song or something that you can sing for her? Tell her that, she, that you and her are the same, that you're not better than her. Uh, I'm better than you. Oh, 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 no. 
You're oh. greater than me. Uh, she's on the defensive. <laughs> All right, I'm going to lift my chair up. Oh, I'm going to stand over her. She's laid her ears down flat. That's a sign. She might bite. So. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm just messing with you, Carmella. Uh, oh. Welcome welcome to the Michael Free Variety Hour. There's no nothing to be afraid of. We hardly have any listeners. So. <laughs> but tons of self-esteem. Yes. <laughs> a lot of ego. Yeah, we're yeah. all in. Yeah. Uh, so you are a, a traveling dishwasher. Yes. Uh, what does that mean? Um, well, I go to restaurants as needed. Um, as needed? Like a, you're a contracted yeah, dishwasher? Yeah, like, um, like Kelly Services, but for dishwashers. Okay. So I go, I wash my dishes, get paid, go home. Wow. So by traveling dishwashers, do you take more than three steps when you're washing dishes? That's mm-hmm. a basketball joke, guys. I used to be a sports journalist. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. oh <laughs> no dribbling. Oh. No yeah. dribbling. Not even double. Don't, don't double oh. dribble. That's bad. Oh. What is double dribbling? Uh, that's when you dribble, hold the ball, and then dribble again. That's not allowed? Nope, not allowed. It's kind of stupid in yep, a way. You have to maintain yeah. your dribble at all times. If you stop, then you have to pass the ball. Oh, mm-hmm. maintain or that shoot. dribble. Yeah, or shoot. Oh, maintain that dribble. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you, do you have to wash off a lot of dribble from plates and stuff? Oh yeah, it, it's really gross. Like that and gum and gum. People like leaving gum under plates. Oh, under plates. Really plate. amazed. Oh, you can at least leave it loose on top of the. I plate. know, or put it under the table well, like Occasionally, an adult. Yeah. they're nice and they put it on top when they're done. Yeah, it's their sign of being done. Or eating. put it in the napkin. Yeah. Also, who chews gum at a restaurant? I know. Yeah, food. I know. <laughs> It's like, you know what could grow great with these ribs? You know, trident. Yes. Cinnamon kind. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, that is good, good, though. I thought that's what the plates are for. For gum. Uh Oh, Blake. No, No, it's just for... The gum goes under the seats. Everybody knows. Yeah. Mm. That's that's the proper receptacle. Yeah. You know, I got to say this, though. The dishwasher um, is definitely underappreciated out of all the restaurants. The most important. Yeah. yeah, it is important because if you, you don't just have... say if you say no, I don't want to do this anymore and walk out, it's like the, the whole place goes down. Now we don't have any clean dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. serve people on on the yeah. you know on linens. Peop- mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, here's right. some food like, yeah. wrapped up <laughs> on the floor. Huh? Yeah, um, imagine eating like your meal off a dirty plate. Yeah, but enough about it. every Indian restaurant I've ever been to. Uh-oh. Am I right, folks? Uh-oh. I'm allowed to say that because I'm a racist, as I said. <laughs> I'm also of Indian descent. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also of Nordic, pure white, blue-eyed descent. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this isn't from a- Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't a video podcast, Tony. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, in addition to being a traveling dishwasher. Which you don't seem that passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> you are also a like a food critic, yeah. uh, hopeful uh, of for, like you're, you. You've been starting up a blog, I hear. I started up a blog. Um, only thing is, uh, not necessarily legally entering oh. kitchens. Oh. Oh whoa. What do you? Uh, what do you mean? Yeah. So you don't get paid legally, or you just uh, go I in just the... don't legally enter. I don't know if there's a legal term. Oh, so you're not even supposed to be employed. You're like a dishwashing vigilante. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, no, you get paid to do the dishwashing. You don't get paid to do the food critic stuff. Right. Oh. Nice little trade-off. Yeah. So you enter as a dishwasher and then covertly try food. 
yeah. that you don't pay for no. and then criticize it. I guess yes. that like makes that's like a good move for a restaurant. It's like, hey, you're gonna work in like I think every food critic has to do what you just do what you do. That's Wash dishes, yeah. <laughs> see how it really goes, and then now talk shit about the server, yeah. right? Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta wash this, you gotta bust some tables if you're gonna start. <laughs> now then you work then you were really gonna enjoy the food. Yeah. You know? yeah. So do you, you eat left it. you eat the leftover food? Is that how you review it? Or? Um, Oh, the food so that's left over. Occasionally, the it's the leftover. Sometimes it's a fresh plate, and I just grab it. And oh. oh, like it's it's like Run. sitting on the hot the, the heat. Yeah, like a what you're like that? a hobo stealing a pie from a windowsill. Yes, yeah. that's a relevant yes. current reference for you millennials. Yeah, very Dennis the Menace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't know what a hobo is? No. You don't know what a hobo is? What is a hobo? Uh, what is, I think it's a hobo is like, like a like homeless an, boy. Yeah, <laughs> thrifter yeah. like travels. Yeah, they, you know they have like a, a bindle over there. They have a stick with a handkerchief tied into a bindle. They have a bag of. Uh, they have like a whole bunch of bush beans. Yeah, uh, and they open it with a pocket knife, and then yep. they eat it with the knife. Uh, yep, yep. Or they boil I'm, their shoe, you know, yeah. in uh, in a oh. coffee can and drink the water. Well, that's called hobo chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, they eat a bunch of beans. Always beans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm surprised because you seem much younger than me, and I understand that hobo like it fell out of favor. But like Generation Z, the millennials are bringing it back because of like uh, I think the Wizards of Waverly Place. I think they used to call people hobos on there. Did they? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, no. yeah. So actually, a whole generation of young people know what hobos are. Uh, and you are wearing hey, Wizards of Waverly yeah. Place yeah. shirt, Carmela. Yeah. So I, I would have assumed you would have known that. Yeah. I- Apparently, I missed those episodes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, dishwashing is a, you know takes a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So you do you enjoy being a food critic? I I would prefer to do that full time. Yeah. Well, the, you got to start somewhere. What's your favorite genre of food? Uh. I'm, I'm going right into it. I like that about you, Blake. <laughs> I just get into it, you know. Yeah. I, I like the steaks. Yeah. The steaks are good. Steaks are good. Uh, so steaks like, are high. When yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Steaks Save it for the stage, Blake. Yeah. Steaks are high when you're stealing a giant porterhouse Ew. steak. Yeah, off a windowsill. Off a windowsill. <laughs> Do you ever steal like pies from like uh, someone's grandma's house and she has them resting on the windowsill? <coughs> and then you take it and then you criticize that. Yeah. yeah. But do you also wash the pie pan before you return it? Yeah. Okay. I nice. usually just wash it and offer to wash her dishes because, you know, she's probably got arthritis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most so grandmas just, do. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen someone put a pie on a windowsill. I've only seen it in cartoons yeah. and Nat Geo documentaries. Yeah, Nat Geo documentaries. <laughs> sorry, National Geographic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I wasn't familiar. Yeah, it was oh. confusing. Uh, so you, uh, do you, you prefer uh, being a food critic to being a, a dishwasher. Uh, what, what's your aspirations? What, um, what is it, what, if you had your way, what would you do full-time? Oh, I would do that. I would be like Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Oh, yes. you pronounced it properly too. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a real food critic. Uh, like you would around. have a you'd have a Food Network television show. Yeah. Uh, what would it be called? Um, I guess like after my blog, Young Yum City. Young Yum City. Young Yum City. I feel like that could create some confusion. Your your site might be blacklisted if you called it Young Yum City. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not in Thailand though, as I mentioned previously. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it it has it has connotations. Yeah. Oh well, I guess I should change. Do you that. think it, you should w- maybe work in the the whole dishwasher aspect? Yeah, of it. Mm. like uh, dishing on food. Di- Ooh. 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 I used to write headlines, guys. Yeah, you should yeah. Uh, you should rate the employees there and everything. Like rate the like, um, the, actually you should go out there and rate the customers. 
Whoa. As a dishwasher and that the food. Be... Just to clarify, Blake, you are saying rate, R-A-T-E. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Because okay. oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be associated <laughs> That's with it. Mug of the Free Friday hour after. Yeah, yeah. Mug of the Free Friday after. It brings a whole new meaning. Brings a whole new meaning to Yelp. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, five stars. Whoa, what would that take? I always know? thought Yelp I always thought Yelp would be a great name if for a bondage like dating app. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and now it's taken. Yeah. yeah. Too late. Yeah. Tenders mm-hmm. now here. You know what? It's not too late to end up buying it out. And oh, then okay. turning it into that. Mm. So every all the like the the moms who have Yelp installed on their phone. Oh yeah, actually, buy it out would be a great name for a, uh, a website about being bisexual. <laughs> yeah, buy out, buy out, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Buy out is even better. Yeah, buy out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Now I'm really excited. Yeah, we're we're an incubator now, guys. This <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, Carmelo, do you have any any big business ideas we can we can bring to this uh, incubator? Um, well, I would like help getting funding, traveling the world, and and doing us Ooh, eating oh, yeah. at kitchens and. Ooh. Well, what, if you could visit any country in the world to uh, to eat at, where, where would you go? I was going to ask that. Whoa! Oh. Whoa. All right, well, go ahead. No, no, well, no, Michael, oh. I feel I have to step in here. Blake, you're the intern. You shouldn't challenge. The yeah, boss. I should. I was. Oh, no, yeah. it's okay. Remember that stuff I said about being on the same level? That doesn't apply to you. No, we were the same. No. I was saying that we we're the same level. Like you, you took the, like the, yeah. Yeah, Anyways, no. so well, that's I'm, why I make him sit on the floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wondered about that. Yeah. Work my way up to the level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I would go with Italy. Italy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Delicious food. Delicious yeah. food. Gnocchi, yeah. ravioli, mm-hmm. Chef Boyardee. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Chef Boyardee, Spaghetti when you goes. go to the original Chef Boyardee, yeah. and where they actually serve it out of wooden cans. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, authentico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aged in uh, Primo. oak barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for context at home, uh, I did the the Italian fingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so you guys don't feel like you're alone, because I'm imagining you did it at yeah, home yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, now, Carmela, you have um, had some issues uh, with, uh, from what I understand, uh, with the questionable. Mm legality of the yeah. work that you do mm. um and you've you actually have spent some time behind bars i have um in a jackson state prison yeah uh, oh i thought you meant bars like at the bar area of a restaurant yeah well you have done that too that yeah too that yeah. Was, back, yeah. which was worse yeah good question um i would go with the bar area uh, oh. that's worse it, that's rough why yeah. how so was jackson just not that bad or not really. Why really? gets really gross behind there? It's a lot cleaner at Jackson. Mm. How long did you kitchen. spend there? Um, I went there for like five months. Five months. Yeah. Wow. Well, how would you? How was the cuisine there? Did you do a critique of that? Or I did. did you make your own toilet wine known as Pruno? You know, I visited <laughs> this woman, and her name was Pink Shirley. Oh uh, yeah. And <laughs> Mud. Had some of her toilet wine, and I, I was impressed. I, wow, I told really? her she should get out once she gets out, if she ever gets out, to bottle it and sell it. Mm. I, I think there'd be wow. some investors for her on the outside. I, I would buy a bottle of wine called Pink Shelly. Yeah. yeah. Shirley, I believe. Shirley. Oh, Shirley, yeah. I'm was sorry. it? I, I might be wrong, Blake. Pink Shirley. Okay. Okay. Uh, Selective listening. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what did you learn from, from your time in Jackson? Um, I learned that you have to actually... Physically hurt someone when, on your first day. I oh. thought that was just a myth, but it's true. 
wait, really? You haven't heard this, Michael? No. Yeah, that's a rule. Like when you go to prison, you find to let them know you're not a punk or a bitch, as they say in prison parlance. Uh-huh. You go in and you find like the biggest dude, and then start a fight with them. And even if you yeah. lose, it shows you are not a person to be trifled with, sir. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that so that, did that work out? That's how me and Pink Shirley met. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah. oh very interesting. She was the, the tallest one. She was like 5'3". Yeah. Yeah, for a women's prison. That's, yeah. that's pretty that's big. Like a, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and you're uh, you're you're standing at a at a stout 5 foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, went there and I fought her. I tried to shank her with a toothbrush, but I didn't know how the shank. That yeah. was another thing Did I learned you stab in it prison. With, you try stabbing it with the bristle side. With the bristle side, <laughs> okay. and that's a big mistake. People Rookie got mistake. mad, and yeah. I got yeah. in a hole for a little bit, and yeah. then that, she was my roommate. Oh, my bunk mate, I guess. Uh, in the yeah. hole? In the hole. Oh, I didn't know they had bunks and, in there. Yeah. Right. I didn't know they had bunks. They had, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It must have been a, a new thing they're trying. Especially not the people yeah. that you, you know, just you tried to murder them and then put them in a hole together. Yeah. yeah. With toothbrushes. Wow. And so, uh, what, what, what did you, did you get out early on uh, good behavior or uh, that was just your sentence? Well, that was a compromise um, between me and the state. Oh. Mm. Can I ask you, did you make friends with an elderly black man and chisel a hole in your prison wall? With the black man? Yeah. And... Shawshank? Shout out? Mm, no. Shout out? No. <laughs> okay. No. Just asking. Wow. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, let me ask Let me ask this. Uh, did you learn anything from your time in prison, or uh, did you would have you continued to steal food and, and, and do bad things? I still steal. Well, no. Well, I don't steal. I just, I. it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Yeah. So now you do offer, you specifically work places and do the dishes right. and then say, hey, can I have food? Yes. Like barter system. Barter. Barter. Bartering. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, shout out. Shout out <laughs> to barter. Um, so what is your next, what are your next steps to becoming a, a famous food critic? Well, I think what I'm going to do is try to get my uh, YouTube es- episodes, mm-hmm. like a gorilla type of episode where I'm oh, you grabbing the plate, these. running to the bathroom, oh. eating it, reviewing it. Wow. <laughs> getting in their face. Mm. <laughs> nice. And, and People love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love to be confronted while I'm eating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, I I you know if you ever if you ever see me just eating by myself mm-hmm. somewhere, just do it, do that, just yeah, come up to me, ask tough questions, wait until the mouth is full. Yeah, <laughs> take away the plate mm-hmm. before he's done eating, and then you start eating it and yes. review what he was supposed to be eating. Yeah, that should make them comfortable, right? Yeah, huh? yeah, you have good instincts. I think you could have a show on VH1. Mm-hmm. Behind the food, yeah, behind the food, <laughs> yeah, which is the plate if you think about it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your top three favorite things about uh, washing dishes? Um, water. If any. <laughs> I do like water. Yeah. Water temperature. That's yeah. always good. Mm. You like how it's like a little, little warm, but not too hot. Right. Yeah. Although I like scalding hot myself, oh, but really? apparently oh. that's too much. <laughs> yeah. It burn raises their bills, so they mm. tell me oh. to keep it. But don't you burn your hands, or do you wear gloves? Um, I burn my hands. Oh, hot it, it helps. Yeah, it helps toughen them up for the hot plate when you grab it. Yeah, I, I noticed run. they're very claw-like. Yeah, it's a bit of a lobstery type of. Oh, that's a good word. Look, mm-hmm. lobstery. Mm. Yeah, 
Give me a woman with lobstery hands. That's what I say. Yeah. It's done some work in this yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, what's number two? Uh, number two is, shit. is... Number two is shit, Michael. Yeah, I love shit. Okay. But ne- ask your next question. Uh, yeah. Soap. Oh, soap. Soap. Mm. Yeah, soap is good, too. Soap mm. is good. Favorite, favorite soap? Um, I don't remember the brand. It's industrial. It's pink. Oh, it looks oh. Awesome. It's my favorite one. Is it Gojo? Gojo, yes. I think it is Gojo. Gojo. Go for Joe. my favorite. I hate Dawn. Washing is half the battle. And then there's rinsing. Which is the third one? I love rinsing. Rinsing is good. Rinsing is great because it's like you're done. Yeah. It's like it's over. That's a clean slate. Yeah. It's another day and you're reborn. You know what the worst feeling is when you when you're finished rinsing a plate? And then you put it back on the dish rack, and then you realize there's still soap on it. Oh, I know. I got then I got to take it back, rinse it again, and then it probably also got soap on the other dishes that were in the dish rack. Yeah, it's a contaminated silverware. That's what bothers me when you get those spots. Oh yeah, the glasses. Or when you finish washing a dish and you realize there's still stuff on it. Oh, food like on the bottom of it. So you got to start over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh. all your work was for naught. Mm. Oh, it's the worst. It's awful. Uh, we appreciate you for what oh, you yeah. Thank you. Thank you for thank your you. service. You know, Thanks. your dinner service. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. And uh, is there? Uh, I think uh, we're unfortunately out of time for today. Mm. But oh. uh, Carmela, is there anywhere that people can find you? Um. Well, they can you find like me. Your home address. Um. I do have a home address. Oh, you do. I. I, I am not a hobo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Nothing wrong if you are. It's it's a Hashtag lifestyle. Hashtag respect hobos. Hashtag which is the way it really plays. Yeah. Um, I do have a Twitter. Um, it is called Soap Bitch Thirty Two. Oh, at nice. twitter.com. Like I'll Soap Bitch Thirty Two. It's a lineup to post my blogs. Uh-huh. Like I'll write a few things, share some restaurants, give links to blogs. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very soap cool. Bitch Thirty Two. All right, great, mm. great. Follow Soap Bitch Thirty Two. Uh, Tony, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me performing Monday nights with the Planet Ant uh, home team. Oh, oh yeah. And then uh, I do host a show at Ant Hall called Hello Hamtramck. Yes. It's a satirical news show that runs the last Thursday of every month, uh, unless there's a festival going on, which I think when this episode comes out, uh, there will be the Women Detroit Women of Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, follow that. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and you know, just look for me. I'll be making short films and writing and things like that and just doing my thing. Very thanks cool. for having me on. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And Blake, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I'm just in it or what, you know? Yeah. So, um, oh, I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Actually, this just popped up in my head. Michael, take control. You know, if you need a place, if you need, I have some dishes at home. If you want to wash, wash, I can cook for you. And I say I don't want to go to the bathroom with you. Oh, so are you in there or what? Yeah, Carmela, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I heard about this show and it's a double feature. One is called Grease, but not Grease, but not the. Real regular grease, yes. like restaurant grease. But it's like <laughs> Greek god grease. G R E E. And then there, the Greek yes. god of Greece, the Greek god of the Greek god, Greek, Greek god. Yeah, Greek god of Greece. Mm. And uh, pizza rolls are burning. Oh That's my god, still going on. I think well, I don't smell anything. 
It's mm. the show. Oh, oh that's the name, name of the yeah. show. Oh, oh you, wow, you really got me, it, uh, Carmella. Try, uh, I thought I was oh pizza rolls. Um, I got excited, but then I'm like, oh, they're burning. They're burning. So. I don't want them anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that's playing. Great. No harm done. A few weeks. Awesome. So that's that the planet ant. At planet ant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys all so much for being on the show. It has been spectacular. Uh, we'll be back. We will be back next week with more fun. Hooray. Bye. The Michael Debris Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.